Don't touch me. What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of the Popcorn Watchlist podcast. Today's an exciting one. We're going over the just announced Oscar nominations list for 2022. And uh, we got some interesting things coming up here. Some heavy hitters, some well-knowns, and then some interesting snubs and some questionable choices. What do you guys think? Uh, there are definitely some questionable choices, uh, but I, I will say right now that I haven't watched most of these films, so I, I can't comment on a lot of them. Well, there goes our credibility, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably the one guy. I'm the, I'm the only guy here that probably hasn't seen most of them, if no, not all to, of them. To be fair. Not true, not true. Yeah. To be fair, some of these only were in theaters very limitedly because of yes. COVID restrictions or their streaming options are extremely limited, but once this episode is out... There's going to be so many options and chances to go ahead and watch these movies because for the most part, a lot of these uh, films, a lot of these performances are really, really good. And, you know, we can do nothing but recommend them to really have them duke it out based off of Oscar voting and to really see what's going to happen. And uh, I think I shared it with you guys. AMC is now re-releasing most of these so you could go see them like in March. Plug to Uh, AMC. Get that A-list. That's the only way to do it. Um, you also have some of these coming to streaming, so like West Side Story is coming to Disney Plus. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's yeah, wild. On oh, nice. March first, I think. Nice. Yep. Um, so that'll be that'll be cool. Meanwhile, whoever's distributing Belfast really hates me because it's so <laughs> hard to find that movie. I I saw a trailer for it earlier during the Olympics. Like I was watching the Olympics, and it was the first time I ever seen the movie, and it was a trailer for it. It yeah. looks really nice. It looks really good. I I forgot that Kenneth Branagh uh, directed it. Absolutely. No, it, it looks so great. Like, I remember watching the trailer, I think, a few months back. I think we might have seen it while we were watching The Last Duel in October. And it looked really nice immediately based off of the whole setting and everything. And just really be sort of like a, a heartfelt tribute to Kenneth Branagh's childhood. It's something I really wanted to see and kind of like it's something that shows off that's really his own in terms of his voice and kind of tell a story his own way. It's really, it's really excited to watch that. It's actually back in theaters. If you're down here in Miami, it's showing this weekend at Sunset Place. That might have been why I saw the yeah, trailer earlier. Because it, it, it was there, and I think maybe two weeks ago, it was like, it's last week, and then I think they just brought it back because of the nominations. Did they bring it back for just like one showing like they were doing all no, day? No, no, no. I, I just recently looked, and I think there's three or four showings, so God, you can yeah, at least it, go it at make nighttime. Sense. Yeah. yeah, it would make sense there was one. We were talking about like, hey, everybody, anybody free on like Tuesday at two o'clock in the afternoon? Because <laughs> that's when work. I want to watch Belfast, but... <laughs> yeah, they got like it's, two showings per day. Oh, hey, that's 100% improvement like, for, <laughs> for one. I would actually love to go watch it. Yeah, man. Like that's that's one of these things try. where you know, in a later episode, as we get close to the actual award ceremony, we're gonna be able to really go more in depth with these in terms of what uh, we really will think is our standout, and we'll share on the podcast in a later episode and on the uh, our social media 
what all of our uh, ballots are going to be. Because, you know, I think we, we, we'll have some interesting opinions as you, uh, listeners are going to find out in just a few minutes. So let's start it off looking at the actor in a leading role. So uh, g- looking through these, these are all like heavy hitters. These nobody in this list like doesn't. Yeah, no one in this list doesn't deserve to be here. That's for damn sure. Like, what's surprising to me is seeing like Andrew Garfield in there. Like, I that's great. Like, great recognition for him because. I remember, like, the last big thing that I know he was in that he was getting buzz for was, like, Hacksaw Ridge. And, Great movie. Yeah. But yeah, pr- strong movie, but, you know, very, very good movie. I'm actually talking to people earlier at work about, Mel- random aside, about Mel Gibson's, like, films. And they're like, oh, Mel Gibson's a little problematic. But I had to give them defense of, hey, but he knows how to make, you know, good films. Like, Apocalypto, Hacksaw Ridge. Like, you can't knock the guy, at least for making compelling cinema. I think there was a movie a trailer that I watched not too long ago that was, it had Mel Gibson in it, but I forgot who the other actor was, and it was, I don't know if you, I don't know if it, anyone can help me jog my memory. Bruce but, Willis. What happened? Was it Bruce Willis? N- God, I hope. No, not. no, no, no. It was <laughs> one of his like ten movies that came out this past year. No, it, well, it was, we'll get to that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a much more serious film, but I can't, re- I can't recall the name of the film or who the other actor was, uh, who the actor, the other actor was, but. I, I did remember seeing Mel Gibson and then there was, oh no, it was the one with, uh, it's, uh, where he's a box, it's a guy, that, he's a boxer and then something happens and then he becomes like a, a priest or something. It's based off of That's a true story. Mark Wahlberg. This sounds wild. Yes, that one, the one with Mark Wahlberg. That's mm-hmm. what it was. That's what it was. I, for, I, th- I, I, think, I forgot the name though. <laughs> yeah, I forgot what it was. I think it's like fa- it's fa- I think it's Father Something. I just forgot the name. That's... Oh yeah, Father. Yeah, Father Something. I don't remember what it was. Was it? Re- is that really? Was that Mel Gibson? It's coming out this year. It's, it's a, is it's a it? new movie. Upcoming projects. No, yeah, Thanks, IMDb. Not... Yeah, yeah Father Stew. Father Stew. Yeah, that's what God, it was. I was. I was almost that, there. Yeah. Was, hey, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, half of that. <laughs> it's my boy Mark Wahlberg and randomly Jackie Weaver. Oh, yeah, this this looks like an interesting film. Yeah, I saw the trailer. It actually looks really good. All right, I, I'd be down to watch that. I mean, it's not going to be on this list, but because it hasn't come out yet. But <laughs> surprise, it's there. Nope. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So you have Andrew Garfield, uh, Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, which is you know, a compelling performance to say the least. Benedict Cumberbatch, Power of the Dog. That is like a slow burn. There's so much nuance in that performance. Uh, but then. You've got. I know Danny loved this one too. Uh, Will Smith in King Richard. Yep. was a tour de force. That it was crazy. It was really a well. watch it. crazy good performance by Will Smith. Yeah, uh, and then finally, because I know this is the one I, I saw. I saw I too. Told you guys, uh, Denzel Washington with for Tragedy and Macbeth. Uh, Anthony, you said you watched that one. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very good. Insanely good. Like, not saying that I didn't think Denzel could pull off like Middle English shakespearean like dialogue but the dude hit this thing like it was just second nature like it i i I mean it's it's really insane when you know you're in so much good company of strong acting like you have francis mcdormand like you just have uh just being able to really get through to that and just just elevate your game to like to a a place where people didn't even think was going to be a thing like that's insane. Like that, like we can all agree that's good, right? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, Denzel. Yeah. We have silent nods. He's Denzel. Yeah, Denzel. <laughs> we have silent nods uh, on a podcast, just for the record. No, but yeah, yeah, like yeah, everybody sh- everybody deserves to be on there. Like you know, yeah, anybody think that there might have been an acting snub? That hey, like you know, it sucks that this person got nominated. Um, I think for at least actor in leading role, this 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 is a good good list. Yeah, yeah, I I have to agree. Like. Some would argue that maybe he, because Bradley Cooper is in at least two films that are nominated for Best Picture, that, hey, why not Bradley Cooper somewhere in mm. there for either, I would say more so Nightmare Alley than Licorice Pizza. Yeah, Licorice Pizza would probably be uh, supporting. Yeah, have to be supporting. But, I mean, that's it's that's its own thing, man. Like, it's really, really strong. But, yeah, it's like one of those, since they only have five, so it's like, even if there was a quote-unquote snub, would you take... Who those five would you take off? So it's the answer like, is none. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really think I would take anyone. Like maybe, like you know, I know someone. Someone maybe argue through some of the other stuff that came out in twenty twenty one. But uh, like it's just it's it's a uh, it's, it's it's stacked. Like Anthony said, yeah. hella stacked. Uh, and so uh, Danny, yeah, lead us through a uh, actress in a leading role because this one's also stacked. Yeah. So um, at least for actress in the leading role i haven't seen any of these movies <laughs> rip uh this year so far um i'm actually gonna probably watch spencer tonight because it's on hulu that's the only one i've seen yeah um but those actresses are, are seem pretty like a good yeah. list those actresses being jessica chastain uh eyes of tammy faye which is on hbo max so i don't know for how long if you're gonna mm. read the, uh, listen to this uh, Olivia Coleman for Lost Daughter looks really strong from the trailers I saw. Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers again, like some sort of a, a more dramatic, like low key perf- uh, film that was released, uh, but still very strong. Nicole Kidman again for Being the Ricardos, which is funny because she's starring alongside Penelope Cruz's real life husband Javier Bardem, and then of course Kristen Stewart for Spencer, which I knew everybody was talking about that like, hey, like this is like. This is some next level stuff. Like Kristen Stewart's taking it to the next level. It's the comeback year for the Twilight people. Yeah, her and <laughs> her and uh, Bobby Pattinson doing some good stuff. Oh, Bobby Pats, Bobby Pats. So Olivia Coleman, she's been nominated for. Has it been like three straight years, or like at least three times out of the past I, four I years? I think so. Yeah, because she was in The Father last year, and then I th- the was favorite? it the year before that she won for the uh, favorite. The favorite? Uh, and then I think before there's another one. Yeah, I think one before that too. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Yeah, she's like, this is another one that you're just like, um, okay, you know, the only only she's person, getting up there, man. Yeah, the only person I would say that maybe like I would really think that was really good that you know if you it's hard to take one out, but if you had to add one in, I would say it was Jodie Cormer for Last Duel. Mm, Even though I know I a lot of people didn't really like the film, like I have a soft spot for it, but I think Jodie Cormer was really, really strong in that role. I really like that film. I saw it maybe like a week and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, it's, yeah it's, I just don't think people watched it. They didn't get yeah. a chance, which I think it's on HBO now. Yeah. Yeah, it, I saw it on HBO Max. Yeah, a lot of these are just HBO's like home box office. Like we're taking the name seriously. Like for sure. You wouldn't want her to be nominated for a free guy? For free guy? I mean... She was good in that one too? She was, She's just good. <laughs> I mean, and that's that's me. That's coming from someone who's never seen Killing Eve, so you know that's she's supposed to be like insanely good in that too. Uh, so let's see. Uh, this this will be a fun test for Zach because I think he's oh. seen maybe like one of these. But <laughs> yeah, uh, actor in a supporting role. You got 
Uh, Kieran Hines for Belfast. Troy Kotzer for Coda. Jesse Plemons, Power of the Dog. Cody Smith, Nick Fee, also for Power of the Dog. This is a, a Django situation here. And then J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardos. Uh, for me, okay. So the Power of the Dog of of all these four other of all these four films are is the only one that I've seen, and I, I'm I'm still not sure about how I feel about the movie in general because <laughs> I I feel like I need to watch it a second time. But I felt like Cody Smith McPhee, uh, McPhee's uh, acting was actually really great in this film. Uh, he because I, I guess his character, from what I can kind of gather, was. I mean, his character was always seen as a like flamboyant kind of like he, he doesn't fit in in, in this like uh, film where you have like manly men and they're all teasing him and everything. And, and he and he portrays that sort of uh, awkward uh, uh, flamboyant kind of character. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, a big theme of that film is just like dealing with being an, an other an outsider even like you know going back to best actor like benedict coverbatch's character is about like you know he's like the rough and tough uh brother who still took to the main family trade but he still is through other reasons that you'll see in the film like is his own way considered himself an outsider so then cody smith's character embodies that in a more outward way but you start seeing like that theme come together and why you know with that you know that power of the dog is able to kind of find that common ground uh, it's really good, but uh, it is pretty strong. Like to see that both him and Jesse Plemons, like Jesse Plemons, just I from out of nowhere, like that dude just like became too good. Can we? Put, is that is that a Breaking Bad's fault? I mean, yeah, Breaking Bad has has been on since like what two thousand nine or something like that. Or uh, he was probably in it probably like two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. But yeah. Uh, that's when I first noticed him, and he was very creepy and weird on that show, but mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, everything he's in, like it's always like worth a watch for me. Like, like I get, I will admit, part of Jungle Cruise was like, hey, look, Jesse Plemons is a bad guy. Sure, this looks stupid fun. I want to watch it. But then you had like season two of Fargo, and Jesse Plemons is in this with his now wife Kristen uh, Dunst, and it's just perfect it's like these roles like he just either is the roles are just written for him or he just knows what to do to embody it just perfectly like it's insanely good uh fun fact to note is that i think troy kotzer i think is the from trivia is the first uh deaf actor to be nominated for a best actor and that his uh co-star in the film she actually has won an oscar in the i think in the the late 80s Mm -hmm. uh you know it being you know uh uh, through things like ASL and that type of you know adaptive performance, which I think is amazing. Like that's that's so cool to see. So this one is going to be a a very it's 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 a hard to call one. Like obviously, Power of the Dog has like double the chances, but this was going to be one that's really hard to call. Especially with and and Kieran Hines is just a good ass actor. Like you just put him in anything, it's like damn, just compelling, hundred percent. I haven't seen the movie yet, but I've heard. J.K. Simmons is ridiculous in that movie. Dude, he's being a Ricardo. Like yeah. he already has the Oscar for Whiplash. Like I, I know. Just come on. Like <laughs> that's my, why he could not just my come, tempo. He could just come out of nowhere and just hit everybody with a drumstick and just take this. Uh, with the here's stand. <laughs> with his hands, throw the stand. <laughs> just throw the stand. I think you guys, because uh, you said you haven't seen it. I think you guys would like Coda. Um, it was really a uh, man. I just, so that's I on Apple. 
yeah, Apple TV Apple Plus. TV Plus. It's the the feel good movie. I think out of out of these yep. that and Belfast, obviously. Yeah. Um. So Anthony, I think uh, you out to give you some of these here. Actress in a supporting role. Go through that one okay. for us. We got Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter, Ariana De Bois in West Side Story, Judy Dench in Belfast, Kristen Dunst in The Power of the Dog. And I don't know how to pronounce this, but I'm going to try Anjanu my best. Ellis. Anjanu Ellis. Sorry, Thank I you. cheated. King Richard. <laughs> um, right. The only one I've seen is West Side Story, and she was fantastic. She, Ariana Du Bois plays Anita. That's Rita Moreno's character yep. from the original. Yep, and she was great. The She shines, of course, in the America song, and that sequence is crazy. It's really good. Super well done. Damn. Spielberg's the goat. He's crazy. <laughs> Again, like I'm waiting to, to get my hands on watching that film because he's, he's just like, ah, oh, let me just do a musical, and then it's it's you know better than the original. <laughs> I, think, to some I thought I thought it was better than the original. That's but, like I I have family members who like you know cherish West Side Story. If you're just you know being one of the first musicals mm-hmm. they watched, like my mom loves that. Uh, just it's just like under sound of music for her in terms of like musicals, but. Like I told her, like, look, yo, Anthony thinks this the new the, this remake is better than the original, and she just like had to do like <laughs> but, all every double take expression I've ever seen her do. But they probably grew up with it, whereas I've always known about the movie, but I saw it only like a year and a half ago for the first time. I mean, that's dope, at least because then you're able to kind of yeah, you go in with no preconceived judgment, and right, if you right. haven't seen it in a long time, I think that's fresh to then go watch. The um like the newer one. Rewatch mm-hmm. the new one and then go back and watch the original if you have the time, of course. I think it's really cool to see some of that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's also uh from what I can tell, it's a pretty strong list from what I've heard as well. Yeah. Even though I haven't seen the movies, I've heard I've heard that everyone in King Richard did a great job. I've heard Kirsten Dunst did a great job. Oh, she did. Yeah. That I, I haven't you. heard much about Judy Dench in Belfast, but since Belfast is in, I think, like 10, 10 categories. I'm assuming that <laughs> that movie's done very well. It's Kenneth Branagh, so I'm not... It's also Judy I'm not Dench. surprised. Yeah. Like, it's it's Judy Dench. Dame guys. Judy Dench. They didn't put the dame on, on the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, our list is... Uh, <laughs> this is the actual official Oscar list, ballot list, and um, they did not have Dame du- Judy Dench, so you guys need to put some respect on that name. Uh, so, going down, continuing on the list, again, if you guys are following through, is like... Um, I think a lot of us have seen most of these in terms of animated feature film. This is going to be interesting because you have Encanto, Flea, Luca, Mitchells versus the Machines, and Ryan the Last Dragon. I'll be honest with you. I think the the dark horse here that might just steal it is Mitchells versus the Machines. Okay. Same. Yep. I've heard. I've heard <laughs> very good things from it. Yeah. I haven't watched the movie, but yeah. w- w- just the trailer alone, when, when I, I mean, I, I watched this back a couple years ago, um, it was hilarious. Absolutely hilarious, and I I kind of hate that I haven't watched the movie yet because I, I think I would have I it's would thoroughly enjoy it. It is on is it on Netflix? Yeah, if I remember correctly, it's on Netflix. Because I, I I just remember watching the trailer and thought this is going to be a fantastic hilarious movie. Yeah. Like, Every time I go on Instagram, uh, seeing someone post about uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines, it's always like this is this is incredible. This is great. This is yeah. It's on Netflix. Is it uh, a gotta add it? Isn't it an Illumination Studios? Was it Illumination? I think it is. Illumination yeah. or DreamWorks? Uh, no, I don't think it was DreamWorks. No, it's, 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 is it Sony Pictures? These, or maybe, like, well, it's the Illumination. people who did Spider-Verse and Lego Movie. Oh, it's Sony. 
Sony. Oh, Sony. Yeah, it's Sony. Okay. One. Well, Illuminations is also Sony, but it's a separate studio, I guess. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, no, Illumination is part of DreamWorks, which does the Universal. Oh, that's right. They, okay, they do right. the, okay, the, the Minions and Minions, Gru, yeah. Despicable Me, The Secret Life of Pets. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know why I thought it was part the of new guys. Mario movie. Sony. The, the new Mario movie. Oh, we already yeah, talked about that last movie. time. I know. Uh, <laughs> but I yeah, just bring it up. Like, I know. At least <laughs> the trailer's great. It's fun, but also like the voice casting is hilarious. Like. I saw who's in it. Like, wait, Maya Rudolph and Danny McBride in it. Like, I'm totally about it. <laughs> oh, uh, I guess Danny McBride is the father. Right? Yeah, Danny yeah. McBride's the dad. Yeah, and uh, Olivia Coleman's in it too. Dude, oh. it, it's just again, like it's <laughs> so she can it's win a for weirdly, two it's like a, it's it's like a, it's like how if you guys ever like one of my new uh, aside, you know, this is a little like tangent, but talking about like Netflix and animation films, like uh, I remember recently this past Christmas watching Klaus uh holy crap that that like that that is a, a really good animated film like klaus was really good that, that had jk simmons it had a uh, jason schwartzman um and like the whole like that type of christmas movie is really well done so like i think when Nef- netflix is ha- getting a real keen eye for animation and so like mitchell's versus the machine is a good example of that but besides that again that being the dark horse like ryan the last dragon was good like i thought it was entertaining but um, I really have soft spots for Luca and Encanto. Yeah, Luca um, was yeah. such a feel-good story. Just nice summer movie. Yeah, it's uh, simple, but like it really like had some really great themes of you know having acceptance of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, ridiculous Italian bullies on Vespas, <laughs> which was hilarious. That and my favorite character, one of my favorite animated characters was that one dumb sheepfish Giuseppe. He's just trying to like, Giuseppe. He just has like the stupidest like wide eye look of just being a moronic fish. I don't know why, but that got me every time I watched it. Um, no, Flea is a. It's good that it's on there, but I don't think it's gonna. You know, I think it's just it's there sort of like a hey, like we're gonna. You know, when you say like hey, it's just been honored to not to be nominated. Like I think that's where that is, but um, I think uh, like it, it's still pretty cool, but like I don't know if it's like. It, it's the animation style i think is just really stark it's a different from from all the others uh but honestly the, the strong contender might just be Encanto. i think i don't know what you guys think yeah yeah i mean especially all the popularity that's if you include anywhere. pixar disney has three in this category so yeah and luca's the one pixar movie again that got shafted yep that yeah. went straight yeah. to disney Plus. i would have ran to the theater i would have gone to the theater yeah. to watch this one just for the record because it was looked really cool the but, style's different but at the moment Mitchell's Wish of the Machines is on Netflix. Ryan the Last Dragon and Kanto and Luca are all on Disney Plus. If you haven't seen any of them, and if I'm not mistaken, and by mistaken Flea I mean might I think also be Flea is in theaters. I think only oh, right now. Okay. Yeah, like it might still be like have a very small limited run. So that's gonna be exciting. I think on that list, I, I would I would hope that Luca or, or or maybe even the Mitchells versus the Machines would be like one of the top two contenders for this for this category. Yeah. Because of all, from what I've heard of the Mitchells versus the Machines, and of course, I think Luca uh, is. I mean, Pixar has a, has a track record of of making films that have great emotional like like uh, themes to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though Luca is not like f- like fantastic like Toy Story by all means, it's still a, a great film as like on its own. Yeah, I think um, if anything. The track record shows that um, Sony already has, or like Sony, like you know, animation pictures, like, like they already have, or like they already have the track record that they've beaten Disney before with Into the Spider Verse. 
So there's a good possibility they just might do it again. Or like, you know, maybe Hollywood voters might just like, because they're all split between three Disney properties, that they might just throw all their votes to Mitchells versus Machines because how am I supposed to decide between these three? And then, <laughs> you know, they're just like, well, Mitchells Machines is just universally great. And, you know, I have to try to split my vote between the other three. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, come Oscar Sunday. That's going to be a fun one. And um, with that, we'll move on to, you know, speaking of really well shot animated, we'll go to live action back with cinematography. Oh, I already have mine in mind. Nice. Yeah. Same. So <laughs> this is, yeah, we're, we're all, we might be biased um, just a little, but cinematography, you have this West Side Story. Also tra- stacked. Tragedy of yeah. Macbeth, Power of the Dog, Nightmare Alley, and Dune. Yeah, this is a stacked category. At, at first, I'm like, oh, like Zach kind of said, oh, I kind of already know. But then when I relook at it, the more I've you seen, look I've at it, four of the six, <laughs> and out of those four, I'm like, oh man, there's that's it's tricky, dude. So, yeah, like even just like I have friends now that are just getting around to watching Nightmare Alley because it's on HBO, and they're just like, dude, I love this movie. Like I love how it's shot. And the it's like, visuals yeah. on Nightmare Alley, right. are the, one of my favorites this year so far. Yeah, for like, sure. The the real like that whole contrast noir style, it's just it's shot so well. Mm-hmm. Um, Power of the Dog, like a lot of the way the movie hits is because of these still like wilderness Montana shots of like and a lot of it's thinking about like oh they look at the mountain range like what do you see out there like you have to really like be able to direct and move the camera to show that messaging and that real the the vision of what the director you know at um what Jane Champion uh, Campion was doing so I think power yeah these all this this whole category stacked like Tragedy Macbeth is uh was it uh one of the Cohen brothers Joel Cohen or is it Ethan I think I forget it was Ethan. Uh, yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so again, Tragedy Macbeth is done in like this black and white style, also like reminiscent of some stuff you see in like Nightmare Alley. But it is, it's still shot where you can follow everything, but it, its own unique, almost supernatural style. And then like Anthony's point, West Side Story just looks insane. Like it's just every, all these moving like shots. The way Spielberg apparently is, you know, shooting a musical like. I just don't know like how he he makes that like he, he you you can tell me more but like it's just out of hand. Yeah, West Side Story, Dune, the Dune was insane. God, my favorite Dune. movies of the year. Man, like uh, I really want to give this one to Dune. Like just be like fanboyed out. It's gotta go to Dune, too. but makes all it, of these movies I, makes I kinda, it even kind of do weeder for a at least in my opinion a snub for a later category. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. Um. Um, also with Nightmare Alley, they um, since you mentioned black and white, they they made a black and white version for Nightmare Alley. Word, yeah, yeah, that's like Very a black and chrome version from Mad Max. Like, okay, <laughs> see, that's cool. I, that's something I know Del Toro would do just for fun, like you know, just 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 off colored up, make it black <laughs> and white. Let's have fun. Uh, so now we're we're going down here. We have um, costume design, which I think some of like one of these I haven't there. Yeah, for sure, it's one of these I haven't seen. But you have Cruella, uh, Cyrano, uh, which is still in theater. I think just hit theaters maybe yeah, a, a couple I, weeks back. So they're considering that a 2021 movie. I think because it was like I think it got a limited release like in L.A. and New York somewhere. Huh, okay, you know the, you know the tricks the studios do. Uh, Dune, which whew, uh, <laughs> Nightmare Alley, also out of hand. But then again, I, I can't knock West Side Story because, like. Yeah, all that stuff. This this whole category is out of hand. Like, cause you have like I mean, period stuff and Cyrano. Cruella was literally a whole movie of costume design. Yep. So 
I I wouldn't be surprised if that movie wins. Every yeah. time you and see everything, Cruella, yeah, every everything, different scene. All the costumes. Look, it's so much color like in there. Amazing mm-hmm. in that movie. Meanwhile, Dune, like the way they brought to life the still suits, like like this, like the, that's it's almost like from people I know who've really dove into like all of the whole series of books and the uh, comprehensive addendums and all that crazy stuff. Like they're just like, dude, this is like spot on accurate, like in terms of everything, like all the way the Harkonnen looked. Like you look at the Baron when he's in uh, on Arrakis. You look at all the the costumes costuming of like house atreides and the people what they're wearing uh you know to the fremen like it's just everybody has like their whole regalia it just looks so good like it just it looks sci-fi but it also looks like hella believable and realistic it's like for me i feel like it was a good mix between like what star wars has and then what star trek has where star wars has all these different alien races and everything but then then Star Trek has that elegance with like the, the design of like different characters and costumes and everything. Yeah, like an elevated future. I know what you mean. Yeah, hundred percent. Like Cyrano from the trailers looks like yeah, like we're doing this type of you know um, Italian you know post Renaissance esque uh, outfits and they, they look really genuine. So like it just it, that ad, like all that stuff is important because it adds to the performances. If you're authentic, then you can get authentic in with the characters. Um, which then brings me to Nightmare Alley because if you're gonna make a a 30s noir kind of storyline, like you know, you can go real cheap with the costuming. But some of these characters, like everything from like what Kate Blanchett wore to all the different costumes that Bradley Cooper's character goes into, uh, Rooney Mara, hell, even Willem Dafoe, like and um, you know David Strathairn, like the uh, the whole dude and Ron Perlman. Like there are times where I was like, oh, I forget this is Ron Perlman just from like his getup. <laughs> Like it's 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 and everyone in those like circus scenes, um, you know, everyone had like a totally different look and style, uh, which was pretty cool. Yeah, no, for sure, it's it's good. Like this is like it's cool that we're revisiting this because we're looking through these categories and it's just this is stacked. Like some of these categories, it's it's just it can go to anyone and we wouldn't be mad if it would go to any of those. Which then brings me to directing. (laughs) So this, <laughs> well, this is, is the hot topic yeah this is definitely the hot topic here guys uh danny you take this one away is that 20 20 percent off all shirts <laughs> <laughs> this is a almost going out of business sale no so, for the past 20 years <laughs> they're never going away well i'll just say because i feel everyone's gonna say it that we didn't get uh denny Villeneuve in uh yeah in directing spot i think there's there might, there's two missing which is I think when they decided to make Best Picture 10 movies, I'm not sure why they haven't done that with any other category. And at least I think they should start doing it with directing also because you're essentially saying these 10 movies are exceptional and we picked these 10, but you're only saying, but out of those 10, only five of them had good directors. It doesn't really make any <laughs> or sense. Or outstanding directors. Because like, hey, you know, they're serviceable. They did their job. But what went above and beyond? Right. Like, that's tough, it's man. Kind of, it's kind of weird to take half of the ones that are on that list. Yeah, it's, that's, it's, that's It's a little tough. strange. Because to me, I think Lin-Manuel Miranda did an excellent job with Tick, Tick, Boom as well. And yeah, he, I, I believe he was nominated in other, in other awards mm-hmm. as well as Denis Villeneuve. And yeah, they got... Well, if Tick, Tick, Boom wins Best Picture, he'll get an Oscar for producing the film. Right. So, like, hey, there's hope there. It's either that or Best Song, which we'll get to in a little bit. But, yeah, to, to both your points, yeah, it's it's that's a big 
I think there's a big omission there. Um, and in theory, like you're gonna put Nightmare Alley on there, like, and then not Del Toro, who's already shown to be an Oscar award a winning director mm-hmm. and that through. But hey, um, that's why like I want to really get around to watching Licorice Pizza and for sure drive my car because with Drive My Car being in the international category and just you know, in Best Picture, that that's got to show you that there's the the way that film is put together and directed like it there has to be standout like if not if, if i'm not blown away by it then you know then there's something going on for that, sure that's the only film on the list that when they when they first announced it that i, I didn't even hear about so i'm curious to see what that what yeah. that movie's about and uh my my college self is happy to see it because it's all in japanese so that'll be fun uh refresher for the course but uh yeah guys i think um outside of that like Again, Licorice Pizza is the one I have to look into because it's a Wes Anderson film. Like, you kind of have to like his stuff. Paul Thomas Anderson. Whoops. <laughs> Ron one, Anderson. one of the Andersons. <laughs> Paul Anderson. Not, definitely not Wes Anderson film, which brings me to my next, uh, another quick point is, I don't know, like, I really liked French Dispatch and not seeing it, like, nominated for stuff was an interesting surprise, like, at all. If so, anything, it should have been probably nominated for cinematography as well yeah because you got your wes anderson symmetry but paul thomas anderson who we mentioned maya rudolph earlier that's uh her husband uh yeah that dude has his own like brand of weird quirkiness um he's done you know like to refresh my memory guys uh anthony you know some of the stuff he's done but what was the movie with uh, the water park uh, no, I think no? you might be thinking of somebody else. No, that's someone else. Paul Thomas Anderson has done uh, Let There Be Blood. There Will Be Blood? Yeah, There Will Be Blood. I'm he, sorry. That was Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah. I thought that was a Coen Brothers film. Wow. Mm-hmm. that's He that's he, he did a couple a movies with, with What's His Face. Didn't he do the... the what, what was the name of that? Uh, what was it? Phantom? Not yes, Phantom, Phantom Thread. Thread. Phantom Thread? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, Daniel Day-Lewis's last film. Mm-hmm. So fun little history for you guys. Yeah. Uh, but he definitely did for sure. That Yeah, There Will Be Blood's a good film. So yeah, like he, he just has his own like, and this definitely this movie is like a quirky style. So I guess him changing it up a bit, I think is a bit, it's sort of that recognition in that place. But yeah, it's really weird. I don't know, guys. Um, Zach, Danny, any, any, any more thoughts on, on directing? Or like, obviously, you know, like we would have a favorite that's not there, but out of those five, like for Belfast, Drive My Car, Power of Dog, West Side Story. Well, in directing, at least on that list, I've only seen The Power of the Dog. Uh, yeah. Same thing for me. I think I also would have maybe preferred uh, Denis Villeneuve to be on that list as well. Like, yeah. you know, for, or for Dune, anyway, to be on that list. Well, hey, uh, maybe in two years he'll be nominated for part two. Maybe. That's, that's probably you what's going on. think it'll take two years? I'll, I'll take a part two. Did yeah. they already announce the date when it's coming out? Well, it says, no, it just they, says 2023. Yeah, it's supposed to film towards the later end of this year, and then they'll just crunch it all out and then mm. kick it out probably October of 2023. Apparently, the script is done. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, books. <laughs> Thanks, Frank Herbert. Uh, so documentary feature. Some of these are going to be interesting because, you know, everybody through pandemic and stuff really got into uh, documentaries. So you have Ascension. Attica Flea, which is an animated film, so they animated this style of documentary. I think it's really like interesting. Again, it's the subject matter for that one in particular, I think is very it's you know, it's pretty strong, but that's why they put it in an animated way to be slightly more accessible. Uh Summer of Soul or When the Revolution Could Not Be Televised. 
And then writing with fire. So some of these should be interesting. Then we'll tie that into documentary short subject. You have Audible, Lean Me Home, The Queen of Basketball, Three Songs for Benazir, and When We Were Bullies. What I will say is that these have very interesting uh, titles that hopefully like they, they, they make these a little more accessible. Again, like through the pandemic stuff, everybody started getting into documentaries or if it's like nature documentaries. I, I saw I know people that got into a lot of like Nat Geo documentaries are about like rock climbing and mountaineering and all this crazy stuff. Oh, like the, the Alpinist and Twin Peaks and yeah, yeah. Like what was the like uh was it six? What was the one with the guy from Nepal that climbed all the peaks in like six months? Like the the highest peaks in the world. I think that's on Netflix. Yeah, like that one's insane. Like uh, it was or I think it was like it was like based off of his movement. I think the name of the the thing. But um, look it up. Like that one's amazing. You haven't seen it by the way. Um, so now again, not best director, but Hey, we'll uh, direct or we'll put Dune for film editing alongside don't look up, <laughs> which I don't, again, we'll get to it later when we talk about best film, but I don't know, like don't look up at film editing felt a little scattered, especially if you're going to like switch from transitional scenes, it felt a little too like in your face sometimes, but that sometimes happens with like Adam McKay's films are just like, they're going to beat you upside the head with the point. And then you'll use editing for that. The editing in um, what was the previous movie he did? Not Vice. Was it? Was it? I, what no, did he do? The one he did before Vice about the Big Short. Yeah, the Big Short. Yeah, Big the Short. Editing on that was great. So I was surprised that Don't Look Up wasn't. Yeah, that Don't Look Up was Don't Look wasn't Up like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, then um, so film editing you also have King Richard, which again I think was done really well. Like you had these the way. Like a lot of the cuts were never really jarring. Like it was just th- things were easy to follow and certain thematic elements would go through like that point in the beginning where he's like in the neighborhood and they're trying to move away. And that, that mm-hmm. wild thing happens. Like, yeah. I want to tell you, you're like, oh, snap. And it was just like it happened. Like it was just like they didn't. It wasn't like one of these Sam Raimi style, like crazy stuff. Again, nothing wrong with that. It's just like it, nothing was coming completely out of the ordinary. It was just, but it was done so well. Like, yep. At that point, I'm just rambling because, like, again, like King Richard's film, and I think it was very easy to follow. Again, Power of the Dog, like being really deliberate of how that film was was built together in the editing room, like, just there's a lot of patience involved in that. And Anthony, uh, Tick Tick Booms. I, I, uh, I honestly, I haven't seen all the movies in this category, but I honestly think Tick Tick Boom might win this because a lot of the songs and the sequences in Tick Tick Boom. It's a lot of, it's very, it's like singing slash spoken wordy. And th- it's usually telling a story within the song. And so in the movie, while the characters are telling their story, then it's like going into flashback scenes that the song is saying. And so the editing is very frenetic, but somehow you can pay attention and it it goes with the music and it's, it's great. It's great. I was like, very surprised because I'm not normally a, I'm not normally a musical person, but same. The past few musicals I've seen, I've been very, very impressed, and that one was very well done. Not counting Disney movies. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoyed Hamilton. I enjoyed the new West Side Story, and Tick Tick Boom was was excellent. That's I, awesome. I liked in Tick Tick Boom how it would transition, like you said, between mm-hmm. the like the the music and them performing kind of spoken word too, uh, but then it'll go into the actual story and like you know kind of. 
have the music in the background, but mm-hmm. it'll cycle between the two very well. So uh, I like that. Yeah, like it's this again. The it's it's just like looking through like wait like a lot of these have really have a, a a you know a chance or a shot at getting this. So like now this next one here is international feature film. This has it has uh, Flea again, who is animated and documentary. Um, Hand of God, uh, Lunana, a yak in the classroom. Then you have Drive My Car from Japan, and the worst person in the world I think is I don't know if it was Norway or Denmark, but. So this really, I think, comes down to between from what I know and what I've been hearing is uh, worst person in the world or drive my car. But I think if drive my car wins this again, who's to say that not like Parasite that might just do a really great job of, you know, of just wowing everybody across the globe. But worst person in the world is like a very interesting kind of like it's like about a, a girl who's kind of like realizing where she is in life and she's kind of trying to like dealing with just like guilt of maybe just settling and so like it's uh, if one of these very like from whatever we just saw the trailer is just it's very interesting sort of like character driven film but apparently like the the acting just of the main main actress just really carries it all forward um and then of course drive my car is just dealing with grief and hey like you know have you drive me around a bit while i'm shooting something and i think the oscar voters might like that because it's sort of like a you know filmmaker going through its own thing and trying to make a film off of that so that at hope that's what i'm hoping is one of my next movies to end up watching very very soon let's see here guys then we have uh makeup and hairstyling uh tell me some no one someone else besides me saw coming to america I... The original? <laughs> no, exactly. Coming, <laughs> coming, two, number two, coming, America. coming, <laughs> number two, America. Okay. No, I haven't seen. Yeah, no, I haven't seen no. Uh, some of the costumes are pretty out of hand. Like there are a lot of these, like, like sort of like party festive scenes, and you're like, whoa, okay. Like they had to do a lot of these. Uh, like I'm surprised with all the elaborate costumes that it was. I think still filmed during this whole like in the middle of COVID kind of thing going on. Like, hey, things are being relaxed a bit, but. There's a lot of stuff going on with, again, hair and makeup, and it's done really well. Uh, of course, we talked about Cruella. That's yeah, I feel like it's a little unfair when you have Cruella and House of Gucci, both both films that have to do with, you know, fashion. And <laughs> and a lot of the actors in both of those movies have heavy makeup. So it's, I think, to me at least, it's between those two movies. As much as I love Dune, and Dune had some great makeup, uh, Jared Leto alone, like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how Jared he Leto, doesn't win just for Jared that Leto. J- Jared Leto looked great. The acting can be debatable, but right, but this, this is, is makeup, makeup and, and hairstyling. hairstyling. <laughs> makeup and hairstyling is out of hand. Like, yeah, like I just I don't know what kind of like we saw that in the theater. It's like, dude, I can't, that can't be Jared Leto. And then he's like talking like, okay, I hear Jared Leto, but what? Like, yeah. it's nuts. Uh, Eyes of Tammy Faye. Like, you can see a lot of the the glam and the stuff that goes on to making Jessica Chastain's character of tammy faye really like stand out and then andrew garfield like have these like kind of like aging bits too like i think that might be a standout one too but who knows uh it's gonna be interesting so um which brings us now into like some of the more audio uh (laughs) based categories we'll start with our favorite the zimmer uh, between all of us uh (laughs) basically original score uh you have don't look up who did that one again? Um, not Hans Zimmer. Not Hans Zimmer, <laughs> correct. You have uh, 
Dune. That one's that one's Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. <laughs> that one is Hans. This year, this might be the year. But then, um, you know, Parallel Mothers. That, again, we talked about Penelope Cruz in it. Encanto, which um, is you know like very musical heavy, so that has a chance. And then I don't know. Hopefully, maybe with they're added. I don't. I don't want to say that, but like with the maybe uh, expanded Oscar votership going on right now, or voter base. Uh, we may get away from you know tones and uh, s- subtle sounds that keep giving um, <laughs> Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross Oscars. Yeah, but, but uh, that power the they're not there. They're not, yeah, there, they're not there. But Power of the Dog has a lot of that. So who knows? That's st- the still strings in the. But there's there's also <laughs> no Alexander Desplat, and those are like yeah, which those again, have been uh, those have been Zimmer's Achilles heels for the past. But few he years. wasn't even nominated for French Dispatch. And he did the music for that, and I thought the music was great. Like it was, it it captured a lot of the different stories that that movie told, like in its three parts or so, really well. But um, again, we've waxed poetic about how Zimmer finally like getting his shot. Uh, I think we think this is his year, right? Th- this might be it. I-, I hope so. Watch, watch, watch! Like Parallel Mothers or Power of the Dog win, dude. I'll throw a fit. <laughs> the biggest fit. Don't even get me started. He deserves it, man. He he should have gotten it for our Interstellar. And he didn't get it. Yes. Inception, he didn't get it. Yeah. What what beat him out for Interstellar again? Oh, it was um uh I again a Wes Anderson film. It was um the Grand Budapest. Oh, the Grand Budapest. Oh, Grand Budapest won that one. And for Inception, <sighs> love the social network beat it out. Tones, mm. creepy the, ethereal the music, tones. The by music tra- from the social network. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's the music that everybody remembers. No, yeah, no one can tell you what the social network sounds sound like. Everybody <laughs> I, I can tell you. tell you. I could tell you. Boom. Now, okay, at, at that point, is that music or is that sound design? <laughs> yes. It doesn't matter because they won. They so. won. Yeah. <laughs> the point is moot because they won. Uh, so, you know, original song. Now we Boom. have uh, Somehow You Do from Four Good Days. Uh, no Time to Die uh, by Billie Eilish. Down to Joy, I think, by Van Morrison. Dos Orguitas, which I just heard something on NPR about that uh, Sebastian was uh, singing it and like how he got roped into it. And then Be Alive, which is a Beyonce Beyonce song. Is this her first nomination, technically, for best song? No, I think. Didn't she sing a song for the live action Lion King? She did, but that was not nominated for anything because that song was bad. (laughs) I will go on record. They took away the great Hans Zimmer, like marching back to Pride Rock music with. with what Beyonce did, so she she did a song, and um, I just don't think it hit the same effect. But uh, maybe that's my nostalgia. This is her first uh, Oscar nomination. Okay, there we go. So yeah, like so that'd be fine if you know if they want to give uh, Beyonce recognition. However, Billie Eilish, like No Time to Die, she's is a good song. She's yeah, win. she's probably gonna win it. Like if Dos Orguitas wins, then that means Lin Manuel gets his Oscar and he gets his EGOT. So I'm ho- I'm voting for my boy, but. <laughs> I mean, No Time to Die, I think, might just have that uh, one. I think so, too, for No Time to Die. It's too good. Like, she's too good. Like, it just, it it fits the movie so well. It's the perfect Bond song, but also just a great song in general. Exactly. So then let's go into best sound. So it's, this is, like, going to be, like, sound design, sound. Like, I think they mix, like, sound mixing and sound design as this one. So you have Belfast, which I think is going to be really cool. Um, then uh, from... From Belfast, Dune, again, No Time to Die, Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. Um, This is, 
a surprisingly good category. I don't, I mean, no Time to Die is entertaining film in terms of bringing in, like, it's not like, you know, badly mixed, though I understand why something like Tenet wasn't on the sound. Because I guess that initial IMAX screening just got everybody jacked up. Well, Tenet came out 2020. Did it? Oh, yeah. snap. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember. Yeah, man, it's COVID it's, year. <laughs> it's been a it's, it's been rough COVID for me, guys. Sorry, but um, you know, with uh with us who saw Power of the Dog, like you know, it's again like this like remixing in stuff from like the horses, and then you have again just going a lot of the outdoorsy like just wilderness of the open west, like and like you got to be able to do that stuff right because if you do it wrong, then it takes you out of the movie completely. I would not be surprised if Dune wins all of these sound categories. God, I that, yeah. that movie. Oh yeah, it, it, Dude needs that to movie win. just like it. It's it's weird. It's weird to say, but it literally does transport you to the world of Dune. When you're watching that movie, the sound effects are. It seem like they're only for that movie. The music seems like it's only for that movie, and you're just like entranced. In the whole whatever two and a half hours that you're watching in it, so here's my, it's, it's it's crazy. It, I saw Dune with Zach, uh, but we saw it in Dolby. Yeah, which, yes. mm-hmm. yeah. It was man, fantastic. that was like the best. Because I think two days later, I watched it in, in standard in a standard screening. It was not the same experience. Like, yeah, garbage. Yeah, like, if you're, if you're <laughs> uh, not watching it in Dolby or IMAX or any kind of peasants. big format, mm-hmm. then no. you're not getting the full experience out of it. You're absolutely right. And for our case for Dune, I just the sound mixing whenever. Lady Jessica and Paul use the voice. Oh man, that oh, freaks, yes. like it yes. creeps me out, and like that way that's mixed so perfect. I'm just like, please stop. But like, and it's it's perfect. It's it was, absolutely when he perfect. screamed at her in the tent. That freaked me out. She's like, don't touch me. Yeah, like, Jesus, <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> oh no. Because I, I think I think at work, Xavier, like back when this movie came out, you were saying how how reading reading the voice in the book is one thing because you you don't picture it the way you pictured in the film. But then you watch the film and it's not what you expected. And then, like you said, it gave you the, the chills. And Yeah, I'm just like, this is how they made this happen? Like, holy crap, this is scary. <laughs> the heebie-jeebies. So again, going into production design, this is where you start seeing that really the top con- like top contenders of all nominations go to Power of the Dog and Dune because you have, again, pr- producing these sets, creating these stuff. You have Nightmare Alley, Tragedy of Macbeth, which is creepy, brutalist architecture. Like, it's really out of hand. West Side Story, like Anthony could tell you, like he's... production is nuts unless unless a lot of that is CG, which it might be, but a lot of it also seemed like they were sets, especially the very opening scene where the camera just kind of floats around broken rubble and broken buildings. That it just seemed like a huge set, kind of like what he did in in the Tom Cruise movie with the aliens, War of the Worlds, War of the Worlds, yeah, where. They literally built that whole set where uh, the plane crashed and it like destroyed a house and they had to like walk through the house and the plane. That was a whole entire set. So I believe it. Uh, I believe that Spielberg does stuff like that. Yeah. And, Spielberg will go for yeah. that authenticity yeah, for sure. He'll, he'll go all out. I mean, like Del Toro making stuff for Nightmare Alley, like a lot of these spaces, like the urban spaces, the circus areas, like even the stuff like, you know, you get into stuff like you have the train or uh Kate Blanchett's character's office like the kind of just everything just really is immersive and is believable but then we get to Dune where again it's just it's <laughs> just like you're comp- like every place you so go good. to has its own like basically own characteristic where like it's just done so well where you have like you know where the um 
where a trade where the house of trades is from then you have arrakis you have like the the home world of the uh Sadakar, and then the home world of the harkonnen like it's just this really like creepy or just these different like tones that you're just like holy crap this is just just like these sets were all done practically and it really reminds me of like something i read once where like he was saying like he got a lot of inspiration on a lot of the Harkonnen stuff just like from listening to a lot of Joy Division, which is pretty random but also awesome. So, you know, like we we again we're not we we're not hiding our bias, but we have a favorite here. But a lot of these, <laughs> all five here in these production design like are are deserving. We just think Dune's more. <laughs> so, um, animated short film we have Affairs of the Art Bestia. Box Ballet, Robin Robin, and the Windshield Wiper, um, which is weird because a lot of the people just are introduced to animated shorts in Disney movies, and I don't think any of these were from Disney movies. That's the for the record. Um, and then live action for short films. These are usually interesting. It's fun to watch if you ever get a chance, like on the offset, to go through it. Where I like you take and run, the dress, the long goodbye, on my mind, and please hold. So hopefully as, as we get closer and closer, they'll make these more available to watch. So for the past few Disney slash Pixar movies, have there been shorts? Because I've yes. I've been watching them on Disney Plus and Disney Plus doesn't have the short in front of the movie. It's just, just the movie. Straight to the so movie. If they, yeah. So let's say Ryan the Last Dragon, I didn't see that in theaters. Did that one have a short? Um, I think which one was the raccoon one? I don't know if anybody remembers the raccoon short. I haven't seen, I've seen a Disney all short in home. like two years. So, yeah, so there was there was a raccoon one. Um, I, no, so the, the raccoon one came out with Encanto, so that so one I, I saw in theaters. Okay. So the, that one was really nice, but like again, it was like it was a different kind of like it was an interesting art style. Nothing as crazy as like Paper Man or anything like that because that one like I loved Paper Man. You guys remember that mm -hmm. the guy like making the paper like planes and doing all this stuff to try to like uh, break his time. Just watch Paper Man. <laughs> That's Paper Man's one of the best shorts ever made, hands down. Don't at me. We're done there. Uh, going into stuff. Okay, now we get to some more fun uh, categories. You have visual effects, which is always fun to see that this is now an Oscar not category. You have Spider Man No Way Home, uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. These are the fun movies, guys. Mm -hmm. No Time to Die. Free Guy and Dune. Again, like the CG in Dune is like, I would say kind of minimal, not minimal, but like it's subtle, but done really well. Free Guy is just all over the all, place. All over the top. But, you know, for the movie it is, it's. Yeah, it's hella fun <laughs> and it does the job. And it's like most of it's CG anyway. So you got to have to do it. Then you had like CG body double Ryan Reynolds. Like, you know, that's <laughs> no, a thing. That's how he really looks like. Yeah, <laughs> No Time to Die again had just a lot of these like you know again practical esque CG, so it just makes it look really realistic. Right. It's it's a very subtle CG that maybe it's in the it, background. If you weren't told, then yeah, like then a lot of the know. stuff in the backgrounds that might have just been green screened. Yeah, because I know a lot of that stuff on, in Norway was like legitimately in Norway because those those highways are cool as hell. Uh, Shang Chi, like yeah, that's you know you have your typical Marvel third act CGI a thon. But that third act the, on Shang Chi was yeah, it's where all the money went. Yeah, <laughs> it really was all over, all up in there, and everything from like you know just the animation of the rings, coupled with practical effects and practical martial arts, and uh, even stuff in the subway. Like they had to do a lot of that stuff with some of the green green in the background. Um, the big high rise fight sequences had to do stuff too, and you know like audiences loved it. It's pretty great. 
and uh lastly and Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah and then <laughs> spider-man dude <laughs> spider-man guys like it's just you know you have the alfred molina de-aging cgi going on um spoilers t- spoilers that was in the trailer no i'm saying for whatever else you're gonna say oh yeah <laughs> spoiler alert uh sandman was just all a cgi actor I'm pretty sure. Well, we, we, we say spoilers, but we had a whole podcast about spoilers. Right. You guys <laughs> listen. So if there's a person listening and they skip that Probably. episode because they oh, hadn't the seen the movie episode. yet, then they, and they're listening to this one, it's like, wait a minute, go back, yeah. watch the movie, and then listen to that episode, and then listen. Yeah, to like this the one. lizard. I mean, honestly, the tree, the CG tree. Yes, that guy was real. <laughs> yeah, the the whole strange sequence. I think is all like. That the strange just, one was the strange sequence. Just like let's go nuts. Like that's that was that was you awesome. You always got to, to sneak see. in a, a nice uh, scene with strange and whenever you can. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just you you have to you know mirror dimension. You have to just do all that. I feel like Dune might win that category. God, I hope so. Because <laughs> I, I, so. I, I know I know we've been very biased, but I think because I've seen four out of these five, I have not seen Free Guy. What? I have I, not seen for. I, I, I well, it comes it's out on Disney, Disney Plus, Plus next week. Yeah, yeah. So or, thanks, I'm, I'm 20th gonna, Century Fox merger. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna take that opportunity to watch Free Guy, but I feel like the the visual effects in Dune out of the out of that plus the other three movies that I've seen in this category, the best. Yeah, and, and again, a lot of the stuff with it's hard to do CG sand well. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, like you're gonna have this stuff, and then you have a giant sandworm. You have everything, the ornithopters, just um. Yeah, the wings. Yeah. Oh yeah, the wings on those. And remember, crazy. And remember that the all shields? the fighting where you had oh, yeah, the, the shield, the, the the force fields around them, like that was mm-hmm. like their whole thing. A part of that future is just like you know the Holtz barrier. So it's especially it's, when you compare Holtzman it to shield, the original, sorry. the original Dune. It's like cubes. <laughs> it's like a bunch of cubes. Just, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's gonna be nuts. Um, and then finally, when we get to like the you know leading up to Best Picture, we're looking at. Best adapted screenplay, which you're gonna see, you know, a lot of these. That I think, if other than you know, we'll get to like adapted and original screenplay. I think, except for um, worst person in the world, like all of these are also nominated for best picture. So, like for best original screenplay, you have Belfast, Don't Look Up, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, and uh, the worst person in the world, which is it's at least nominated for foreign film. But then adapted screenplay, you have Coda. Drive My Car, another international film. Uh, Dune, uh, The Lost Daughter. This is the other one that's not there. Uh, the only one that's not in either. But And then Power of the Dog. Because, you know, they're usually from books or memoirs. So uh, original screenplay. Um, I mean, I would think you know, Anthony has uh, the experiences with, the with I think it's what Paul Thomas Anderson wrote it, right? Yeah, but yeah. I have not seen it. I I was I didn't really like the trailers for that movie, but I was surprised when it when it got a bunch of nominations. So it must be good, or I'm gonna have to check it out, see for myself. But uh, you know, my he, he's done plenty of great movies in the past, so I'm sure it's there's a reason that it's nominated for a bunch of awards. Yeah, my rule is if it has Bowie, like David Bowie, in the in your trailer, like <laughs> I have to watch it. Like that's that's just my rule. So you're, you're watching Lightyear. Yeah, so you're watching uh, yeah, I'm watching it like 18 times. <laughs> Freaking Starman, and then you have you know Life on Mars with Licorice Pizza. Like, dude, why not? Um, but and then, uh, but honestly, like I think the front runner for most people uh, in original screenplay is has to go to Belfast. Again, like we're just going off of like trade reports and what mm-hmm. 
word of mouth has said, but when we watch it, we can tell you for sure. But with it really being based off of Kenneth Branagh's like childhood and what he went through with uh, within Northern Ireland, uh, with with going with the, the a lot of the social turmoil and unrest that happened there, I think uh, you know, to truly make a movie like as as heartfelt and like you know like sem- like uplifting, but not really picking one side over the other. Uh, to still resonate with all the viewers that it has, I think it's it's got a good chance of winning that one. But uh, low key, if it's not Belfast, I really think I, wa- I want to hope that King Richard wins for it, just because yeah, you know, I think that, I that movie was done really well too. But I gotta watch Belfast before uh, we we decide. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's the thing. Yeah, like with it being such a heavy hitter, like we have mm-hmm. to watch it at this point to to give it its fair share. Um, ab- adapted screenplay, like. You know, this is basically saying like we're taking it from source material. Again, we're biased for Dune. Like, <laughs> how do you adapt something that sometimes is borderline unadaptable? And the last time we had it, we had a uh, David Lynch's vision, which, though not bad, just very strange because it's David Lynch. I mean, you could see comparing it to a different interpretation of it, and you're like, well, <laughs> yeah, like, well, this is <laughs> this was adapted very well. <laughs> well, to be fair, this is only it was technically Dune Part One. Yeah. And David Lynch did the entire book, the whole, yeah, yeah, instead of just like one half of it. But uh, Lost Daughter is the is the one that Olivia Coleman's nominated for. Um, but I think if it's not if it's not Dune, it, it'll probably go to Power of the Dog, or who knows, Power of the Dog might even just take it, just because it's it's based off of a book of the the same name. This is another one where I I feel like if it had more than five, you'd probably see Tick Tick Boom in there. Because it's technically an adapted screenplay, because it's mm-hmm. an adapt adaptation of of this guy's one man show. I forgot his name uh, of his one man show. So, and just like the editing, the reason why I thought the editing was done so well is because the screenplay is the same. It's all over the place, but very well done. If that makes any sense, it's it's coherently scattered. Exactly, he's trying to say. So yeah, and, like and again, that's, that's all part of the screenplay. Like you have to map it out that way yeah and thankfully that's on netflix again for anyone who yes. still hasn't seen it um so i think yeah this is that would be like under adapted yeah like it, it should be there i think an original um what would be actually yeah technically i think last duel would be considered under adapted if you wanted to throw that in there again we're, we have a soft spot for it but uh that movie just basically got snubbed out of like everything everything yeah <laughs> i think ben affleck is actually nominated for a razzie for that which, which is weird because I think I he did well. In that. I don't. I don't agree. Yeah, like which I think. Before, yeah, I'll. I'll. We'll touch on that in just the last bit. Really quickly, going back to the cinematography, I completely forgot a movie that I don't think um, most people watched, but Xavier and I watched it. The Green Knight. The cinematography. Ooh, I watched. Man, I the actually cinematography watched in that film, film is nuts. Yeah, that, it's crazy. It, whether it you like them, whether you like it or not. It looks beautiful. I, I'm pretty torn with that movie. I'll be honest. I, it, it had its weird moments, like the like the the one lady. Or he goes to the the one couple's house, like the rich family, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then that yeah, stuff and happens, it's all like a weird then, mind freak. Yeah, and like, then Chris Angel. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> mind <But>, freak. <laughs> Whoops. Thud thud thud. That was a People trick. dropping. Yeah, that was it. That's that's the that's the scene where it's it's snowing and at the one house with the 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 ghost girl. Yeah, but th- that, I feel like that movie was. I mean, was like I've, I've never symbolism been one. the movie. What happened? It was like symbolism the movie. It, it, exactly. It, it was. It was. Um. What's the word? It was a. 
I think one of my friends, because I, I watched it with my friends, uh, they said that you watched it for the experience. It was like an acid trip, mm. more yeah. or less. <laughs> and I think, you know, that kind of cinematography, like it should be commended. So like, yeah, like again, we they have it down to five. In theory, I think once you get it, I get why you can't put six, but this year, I think you could really sneak in six uh, stuff, six of them going in. I really think so. I mean, that's just us, but I think so. Uh, but going into bloated categories, uh, before we get to best picture, I don't know if you guys saw, and I'm sure uh, everybody listening can understand or knows this. If not, check it out. I think the Oscars, the Academy, uh, Motion Picture Academy Awards, they posted up to Twitter, like what the most, like, you know, vote for the most like the popular fan film. favorite. Yeah. Like, <laughs> did you see the, the rubric of like how you vote for that? Like, no, you just vote on Twitter as many times or like X amount uh, of times per day. So through Twitter, I thought it had to be through their website. No, I, I thought, thought it was, was their th- website too. I thought it was like they announced it via Twitter, and then it's like, oh, I go it like the vote links onto their webpage. So, so correct me if I'm wrong, because everyone's gonna be spamming No Way Home. I yeah, like <laughs> yeah, everybody probably. should spam No Way Home, but I yeah. think like the fan favorite film, like for sure, it's gotta be No Way Home. But like I just don't like opening it up to just hey, let's ask Twitter or just every wild. Tom and, and crazy Jerry. hot takes there <laughs> like you know and then someone will just out of nowhere like just have some nuclear take and then you know crucify you for it or you know and then get, either get crucified for it or like get someone to rally around you i don't know i have i have my misgivings about twitter but uh yeah if it's through the website that's much better but if it were if it's we're only like voting through like a twitter poll it's like well this is stupid <laughs> like like who no one thought that through i feel like they just made that so that no way home could have something something <laughs> the movie the movie that saved the movies this year <laughs> yeah it just beat the uh avatar's domestic hall mm-hmm. oh and it's inflation i was like yeah but there's also a pandemic going yeah on, there so. was no pandemic when yeah. avatar came out james cameron james cameron and disney are like we release it again <laughs> we put it out again beat endgame more <laughs> yeah exactly beat endgame again beat it, spider-man again i'm pretty sure if we weren't in, in a pandemic spider-man would have made way more it will it would have continued to make more. It also never came out in China, so that's another thing. Yeah, and no, normally you'd have a lot of movie stu- film studios and production companies trying to court to China, so that with all that going through and not being done released in China is is wild in and of itself. Um, so that brings us to uh, the creme de la creme right here. You got a, a ten ten uh, nominate nominee category for best picture so you've got belfast coda don't look up drive my car dune king richard licorice pizza nightmare alley power of the dog and west side story one of these is not like the others <laughs> one of these is indeed <laughs> not like list, the other. an imposter so very quickly we'll, we'll th- i'm gonna throw it to the guys here technically it would be drive my car because that's the one that that's in the international films. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, but in terms of good film, yeah, uh, in terms well, of good films, I haven't let's, seen it. So. Let's address the elephant in the room. Uh, let's look up at the elephant in the room. Uh, like, you know, it being the commentated movie, like, you know, it's important. I think it's good to like kind of showcase like the sign of the times that we're in right now. But like as a cohesive film, like it's just I just it parts of it just really don't gel together. Like I just it just doesn't go through. So. That being said, what if you had to take away, if you had the ability to take away Don't Look Up, what do you replace it with? Tick, tick, boom. Uh, damn, I was going to say tick, tick, boom. Tick, tick, boom. Yeah, <laughs> tick, tick, boom is a good one. Or The Last Duel. 
for yeah, me. Danny took mine. Yeah, I would say the I would say the last duel again. Um, like out of the two Ridley Scott films, like I thought I would like House of Gucci more than the Last Duel, but I somehow found myself liking the Last the Duel way. more. Yeah. Um, I just and with it again, like both movies had stacked casts. Like it's Ridley Scott directing, so it's not like some chump across the street or something like that. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, both both are adapted off of you know stories or real life things. Both feature Adam Driver, <laughs> like. That's like the double combo of Adam Driver and like nothing. So, um, yeah, I just what do you uh, what do you think, Zach? Uh, I I mean, okay, the movies that you guys have mentioned, I have not seen. So it would sound very biased of me to say No Way Home, but I don't want to say that. <laughs> just, just say it. I, don't I, think, would, I would put it. I, think, I mean, I, I, I think I, I I'm allowed. Put it, but I, it would I'll just allow sound, it. Come on, like I think. I think it would just sound like oh, Marvel fanboy. Yeah, but it's, like, it's it, it was it was a much better film from what I've heard than Don't Look Up. Um, even even Jimmy Kimmel uh made a made a comment about it. Uh, Danny sent this to me the other day. Um, I guess I'll kind of read what what Jimmy Kimmel said a little bit uh, just to kind of get an idea. Uh, so here, Jim, uh, Jimmy Kimmel says, you're telling me Don't Look Up was better than No Way Home? It most certainly was not. Even if you go by critic uh, reviews, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Don't Look Up got 46, No Way Home was 90. And then he says, for God's sakes, Jackass has 89%. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That, and then, that, is a, that is a call out for sure. And then he says, why do Best Picture nominees have to be serious? When did that become a prerequisite for getting nominated for an Oscar? Yeah, when did that become yeah no, nominated? I mean, we've had comedies and stuff in the ba- past be nominated for stuff. I mean, uh, what was it? The was the movie? Uh, was it Moonstruck? Like that was like a rom com in essence, and Cher got nominated. You know, Cher won the Oscar for that. As good as it gets, the Grand Budapest yep. Hotel. Yeah, like that was like a. It got serious towards the very end, but it still had. But some, it was like, like it was stuff. like it was like black comedy. In a sense, mm-hmm. yeah, oh, okay, not, okay, not, not black, black comedy, comedy but, like, but like, yeah, it's like, sort of it's like a weird like, kooky comedy. Yeah, yeah, like it was offbeat. It's definitely like, you know, little fun stuff up on the side. Like, yeah, it had, it had its quirky humor. I don't know why I was thinking black comedy. It's, uh, it's not that dark, but it, it does have its. Your Grand Prix had had it was basically a comedic film, but with some serious stuff, of course. Yeah, but. Like, it didn't win Best Picture that year, though. I think it was it was Moonlight for sure. Was it yeah. Moonlight or was it something else that won that year? I don't think what? it was the same year as Moonlight. No, because that was also the same year as a uh, Damien as a uh, La La Land. <laughs> La La Land. Oh, oh whoops! So that, that was twenty sixteen. Warren Beatty, man, don't give thought, don't I give thought, him a. Don't oh give no, him a, that year was. Um, don't give him envelopes anymore. That year was it was Grand Budapest. It was uh, the Theory of Everything. It was uh, the Imitation Game. I don't know. I don't know if those were all. Did best Parasite picture. win that year? No. No, no Parasite. No, no, Parasite was way after. Was Parasite after. was 2020. Yeah. yeah. This is 2014. Parasite really was 2020. Parasite was two years ago. Yeah. Oh my God. No Nomadland was last yeah, year. Yeah. Nomadland was last year. Yeah. And in 2014 was 12 Years a Slave. Mm. Oh, that one won Best Picture. Oh, that's the. Uh, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, 12 Years a Slave was a good one. But yeah, Nomadland was also was it, really uh, good. Lee Daniels. Yeah. No man. No man. Blah. Nomad Land was surprisingly done. And a lot of those people were just real people. So Chloe Zhao, like, really, you know. Lee Daniels, you're talking about the butler? No, I think, didn't he do 12 Years a Slave? No, I don't think so. Green Book? Didn't Green Book win? 
stuff. Yeah, that was a few years ago. Yeah, that was Green Book. Because yeah. the, the butler was Lee Daniels. Yeah. But... yeah. So if I were to take out, if, like, to be like actually real and serious and not put like Last Duel or... Um, I mean, you know, even it like could be whatever movies think? you want. You could yeah, scrap could all scrap those movies all. <laughs> and put like <laughs> and put red, something else. You could put Red Notice up there or something like that. <laughs> the one that I really liked, I get funny enough you mentioned Netflix. Every movie with The Rock, you just put right. it up there. <laughs> At Jungle Cruise on here. No, like one thing you mentioned that was actually really cool was um, I really liked The Harder They Fall. Mm. So uh, the the Black the Western film on Netflix, I thought that was really cool. Um, like you, you just you know, you know Jonathan Majors, Idris Elba, Lucky Stanfield, Regina King, like just that was hella freaking cool. So like, and this is a cool ass western. So like, if you're gonna, I mean, the Academy's liked westerns in the past, so why not? But yeah, guys, it's um. This is down to be an interesting one to say the least, but I like that Zach brought that up as like you don't have to necessarily be the super ultra serious film just to be you know nominated as the best picture. Like you know you can go to a, you can make a really good movie and still have some fun with it. it. Doesn't have to make you feel like you're questioning your life or something like all over the place. And and for dreams, <laughs> the I mean Spider Man had plenty of serious moments, but it was also very fun. Yeah. Like it, it had just good stuff going on overall. Um, so and Jackass has an eighty nine on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Jackass has an eighty nine, but it came out this year, so it can't be nominated. No, I'm kidding. Maybe that's what happened. No, it's, can, it's can it? Take, I, I always thought it was if it came, if it comes out before the the Academy Awards, it was no. Up there's for a grabs. there's a there's a cutoff date. Okay, there's, yeah. there's a, a explicit cutoff date. Uh, speaking of cutting off, so last thing I want to do uh, to talk about really quick was um again like some of the the you know we talked about omissions. I think we can also talk about like, you know, um, we t- mentioned the Razzies er- earlier. Um, we have to bring up, <laughs> man, Bruce Willis. His what happened? Category. Like, man, <laughs> this man Razzies. has his own category. <laughs> like, sure, you can be you can be Jared Leto, like, and you know, be nominated for like worst supporting actor, you know, performance, or like you know, Ben Affleck's there again. I don't see why for Ben Affleck, but Jared Leto, yeah, maybe why not. But man, Bruce Willis, like there was, I had to do a lot of research on this guy. Like, what do you, like, do you think he's just doing it because like, do you think like he, he like owes people money? Like what do you think is going God. on? I think he's doing it to make money. Supposedly he's, he's making bank with all of these. Why not? B, C level movies that go straight to, we used to call them straight to DVD, but straight to Redbox, straight to Redbox <laughs> slash streaming and. Yeah, do streaming. Just go to, to pub- go to a Publix, and you'll probably see a Bruce Willis in the red box. <laughs> what Bruce sucks Willis is that, movie. like, I don't know if you know this, Zach, but like, he's like, they'll put him on the poster, and he'll film scenes, but he's in the movie for like six minutes, like that's it. <laughs> and, and he probably made a million dollars. Yeah, and that's just like so, here's I mean, some money. So if he was in ten movies and he got a million for each movie, he got paid better than most people this year. But does he really need the money? Like, can't he, like like the, you know that's the whole idea of quality versus quantity, like. You know, look at look at Stallone. Like he's not just going around making anything he wants. Like then again, Stallone's a serious he money. <laughs> he's also a serious filmmaker. And Did you guys see any of those Bruce Willis movies? No, no. I didn't even hear about them. <laughs> I've seen I've I've seen posters for these. I'm just like, man, these are like when Seagal used to do movies. Yep. Like, used to like still does. Probably. Still does. <laughs> the day you he, die, eight. Probably he did one recently with with Mike Tyson. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> Why is he like? I just man like. I just I don't want to knock Seagal because the man will kill me. But like, with his judo, with with his judo, 
Just man, and remember, he's his, also a deputized sheriff. Judo and he had a reality moves. show where he was a sheriff somewhere, or like, sorry, he was a deputy, and like they deputized Steven Seagal. And imagine getting like pulled over, like you know, you have a a, a disturbance call, and Steven Seagal shows up. You're just like, no, sir, okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. Like, just take me in. Like, don't don't snap my neck. <laughs> don't break my neck, please. Just can't believe he has a a whole kind of film called "Today You Die." Today oh. you <laughs> die. Exit wounds with DMX. Rest in peace. Uh, yeah, he Bruce Willis has his own category. I think the Razzies will be enough to watch. Like, you, you have to go out to watch just because of that one damn category. Like, oh, like just I can't. Like, I, I I'll show you. I'm gonna pull this up here for a second. Um, like I think he's he's got like. Was it? Is it like seven films in this a whole category? I'm pretty it's like sure which, it's more. It's, it's like eight. Which one is the worst Bruce Willis film? <laughs> yes, we got American Siege, Apex, Cosmic Sin, Deadlock, Fortress, <laughs> Midnight in the Switchgrass. Uh, what? <laughs> I think that's the one with Megan Fox. Out of Death and Survive the Game. I've never survived heard. the game, and th- these uh, were all these were all movies that came out in 2021. Yes, <laughs> I've never heard of a single eight, one. Eight of them, yeah, all eight of them, dude. Oh. Like, um, like they're spe- all just cameos. Yeah, <laughs> I just I feel like he's checked out. Maybe like, maybe like ten years ago, eight years ago, he just every movie, even I guess quote unquote major movies that he's been in movies that people have heard of. Just die hard. He, just not, die hard. Not even. Not even. The <laughs> Yeah, it just he's, seems like he doesn't care anymore to put in a good performance. It's just like he's there and he's he's just there to say the lines and then he goes. And that, that's it. And, and it's so, very it makes, weird because he is a good actor. Like I know he's usually known for being like the action guy because of Die Hard, but when He's in a great movie and has great material. He's a good actor. And then he just he just says, you know, I want to get paid. I don't want to do any work. It it's rough. I'll, I'll stand here. <laughs> it's rough because that you look at okay, another actor who you if it feels like, oh, he's just doing he just will do whatever, but like he at least puts like everything into the performance is Nick Cage. Yeah, but he, and he has a reason though that he does all those movies because yeah. he owes money. Well, yeah, he owes a lot of money, <laughs> but like he doesn't just phone it in. Like he could easily phone it in and be like, "Yeah, I'm an Academy Award winning Nicolas Cage. I just I'm bad with money, so mm-hmm. put me in whatever." No, like he's still like he 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 throws it all in there. Well, like, apparently, was it Pig? Yeah, was I, I heard it was amazing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people thought that he got snubbed. Uh, he should have been nominated for Best Actor. So that's one of the ones that oh, if you were to take. One of those five out. Oh, put Nick Cage in. Yeah, like a Benedict Cumberbatch, you're nominated every year. Get out of here. Put Nick Cage. Like, if you're going to do that, <laughs> sure. Like, holy hell, dude. Like, yeah, it's that's why. Like, you have that whole mix of the two, and it's just, it's all insane. But um, again, back to my point, I think the, the Razzies will be really fun to watch, <laughs> or to, at least to know, to, to, to pull up because, man. Um, I definitely want to see which of the eight is the winner. <laughs> I, I, now the I feel eight. like I have to rent all eight on Redbox. <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, whichever one wins, we have to watch it and we'll, then make we'll, a podcast we'll episode. And just like <laughs> he was there for four minutes, guys. We have to we have to have a Willithon. Oh, a Willithon? Yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 a Willithon. But um, and then you know, 
I th- last but not least, I think uh, Space Jam: New Legacy probably takes the cake Ugh. for like probably worst, worst film. film that came out this year. Like, oh, it's so nominated for for worst picture. So worst picture, worst actor. <laughs> poor, poor LeBron James. Uh, which randomly enough, in terms of worst actor, like Ben Platt's on there for Dear Evan Hansen. I think <laughs> he's only there because he's horribly miscast because he's just too he's old. Like- a thirty old man in trying high to be school. a high school kid. Like they, they put too much makeup on it. Again, you know, he won, I think, a Tony for this the same exact mm-hmm. role uh, in Broadway. He has an award. He knows how to do it. He's really good. But no, like the, you look at it in the movie, you're just like, this is off. Like this is just so creepy. Make it stop. And um, you know, there you go. Megan Fox, Midnight in the Switchgrass for worse <laughs> actress. <laughs> Damn, Ruby Rose is on here for Vanquish. Uh, this, this movie, Karen, keeps showing up as like Karen? one of the best movies ever. Yeah. Um, what is? Here we go. Ben Affleck, Last Duel for Worst Supporting Actor. I don't agree. I'm pretty sure whatever, whoever's nominated for Diana the Musical is gonna win for worst stuff because that looks really bad. Um, worst screenplay, like you just have all this, these are great, like. But yeah, Bruce Willis is in every one of those posters. Yeah, like they they, they because that's sign the, him up for it. That's the guy that you want to advertise your movie. Hey, yeah, guy, that, guys, we got Bruce Willis. Money. We got Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis is here, guys, and then you know, done. Like that's it. That that's the only way that those films are going to get money. Well, <laughs> I mean, no one's going <laughs> to watch them, but maybe that's the plan all along just make really shitty movies with bruce willis in them so that then people will go out and like video on the mandem and like whoever made them and whatever production studio gets some type of royalty to just like hey we're we're gonna recoup the losses by just word of mouth of just how awful it is and then it becomes like the next room yeah it becomes just a uh like the film these films will will probably have like cult followings of some kind so all it, of them, it'd be a cult classic of some kind. All of them are within a three to a four point five on IMDb. Hey, wow. consistency. But like, um, Cosmic Sin is like at a two point five. That's the worst one. <laughs> yeah, that's piñata territory. Piñata territory. <laughs> what does that even like? You know what I'm talking about. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> what guys? What does that even mean? It's a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. I don't call piñata. Piñata. Well, I'm excited to watch the winner. So uh, as a group, I watched Death Wish, the remake of Death Wish that Bruce Willis was in a mm-hmm. few years ago. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, but he stars in that movie. Yeah. So that was you know, a known <laughs> movie that came out in theaters. Yeah, it wasn't very good. It wasn't very good, and he just seemed, he was, he just seemed tired that he just didn't want to be there. He he literally was just reading off the lines with zero emotion. Very, it was very eye. strange. Yeah, and you get like Charles Bronson, the original. Like if you're talking about old school like action movies, like that guy just ran around just like murking fools on subways and left and right. But like like the trailers for Death Wish, the remake look cool, but then like you each see it in person, you're like, this just feels flat. It's not fun. But uh with that being said um any last comments on any of these um oscar nominations or you know like oscar predictions i know we have like three hosts hosting it this year so it's like amy yep. schumer um, wanda sykes pretty random pretty yeah, random wanda sykes. decision I was watching a lot of kirby enthusiasm so i hope wanda sykes gets a larry david dig again so that'd be kind of funny 
and I'm only saying it's random is because usually for the Golden Globes, which is more known as being more of a a jokey kind of ceremony, that's when they would usually have comedians there. And for the Oscars, it's they try to, I guess, class it up a bit. So that's why it's a little it was a little strange to hear that. I mean, they got three great comedians. Um, it just seems like so are they gonna be cracking jokes the whole time? Because that's usually not what they do. They do that sometimes throughout the show, but that's usually not what they do during the Oscars. So I'm just a little little curious to see how it's gonna go. Yeah, who knows? I mean, we'll find out for sure, like Sunday, March twenty seventh, because that's gonna be, you know, when they air it. It's it's live, right? Like yep. they, usually it's live. Yeah. So yeah, so that way we'll see if, you know, in real time, you know, with a couple seconds delay or whatever to really see whether or not that's going to pan out. I hope it does. I think it's, you know, these these ladies can really make it work. But outside of that, like, yeah, guys, um, hopefully we'll have on the Popcorn Watchlist Instagram posts and our stories, we'll have each of our ballots up just about maybe a week and or a little bit before the Oscars go live. And so check that out. You can follow along and uh, we'll have like fun reaction stuff too. Um, beyond that, we will see you guys next time. Uh, thank you for tuning in and uh, we'll catch you all later. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.